Friday, May 14th, another edition of SFS Daily. As always, I'm your host, Matias Waman from Second Floor Sports. We've got a lot to get to. We'll start in the NBA. We had a couple of games last night, nine games total, all of them really meaning something coming down the stretch here because of that play-in tournament. I told you it only took me about 20 seconds to start talking about how good the play-in tournament is. But we'll start at the top, the Clippers defeating the Hornets 113-90. The Hornets going to be a play-in team along with this next team, the Pacers, who got dropped by the Bucks behind 40-15-6 from Giannis, a 142-133 win there. And the reason I'm highlighting the Pacers and Hornets here, two East teams there in the play-in along with the Celtics who are locked in to that number seven seat, of course, without Jalen Brown for the remainder of the season. Those teams have really struggled to play in teams on a 10-game losing streak in their last couple of games. So starting to falter down the stretch, but still should be some pretty good games over there. We move on now to the Knicks, unfortunately, taking down my Spurs 102-98. But the important part here was the next game, the Grizzlies, a 116-110 win over the Kings. So the Kings have been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. They now miss their 15th playoffs in a row. And obviously, Sacktown, the punching bag of the NBA the last couple of decades. So the Spurs back in the playoffs after missing last season. And yes, the play-in tournament counts as the playoffs as much as the wildcard game does in the MLB. So the Spurs are in the playoffs. Um, They'll have to wait to see what happens with the Grizzlies and the Warriors game on Sunday, which that's going to determine who's the 8th seed and who's the nine seed. Of course, the Spurs will have to win twice to even make it in. You have the Hawks and the Magic, 116-93 victory for the Hawks, who are trying to jump as high up as the number 5 seed. Uh, The Bulls staying alive here, 16-16 for Vooch as they beat the Raptors by 12, and the Raptors' disappointing season continues. Of course, not really playing Kyle Lowry, kind of, throwing the towel in quite a while ago. But the Bulls need to win out, and the Wizards need to lose out for the Bulls to even make it into the play-in. So obviously not over yet, but the Wizards do have the high ground there. The Nuggets, a 114-103 win over the T-Wolves yesterday. The MVP for this season, Jokic, 31-14, and Anthony Edwards, 29-7-5. I don't know if he's going to get Rookie of the Year, but the T-Wolves have to be ecstatic with his growth over the last month and a half, two months, and you know, real prowess that he's shown in this little, uh, you know, role adjustment that they've made for him, getting the ball in his hands a little more, not just running pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll every time. But the big news was now A-Rod's a 50-50 owner with the Timberwolves. And, I mean, I can't imagine that anyone's going to, that A-Rod's going to try to move that team because there'd be a riot outside of his house by T-Wolves fans. But obviously that is going to be the focus because, you know, there's been talks about, you know, wanting to potentially move the T-Wolves out of Minnesota, but the, the big selling for, point from Glenn Taylor, who's now that 50-50 owner with A-Rod, has been that the promise has to be they will not move the T-Wolves. So don't expect anything there, but something to monitor as always. The Suns picked up a one-point victory over the Blazers, 41 for Dame, but a controversial ending because Devin Booker seemed to get fouled. I believe it was by Norman Powell. It didn't look like a foul, kind of came from behind and had his arm around his torso, and it didn't look like Booker got hit by that arm when he came up in a shooting motion, but regardless, two free throws from Booker and the Suns escape with a one-point victory. That was huge for the Blazers and the seven to ten spots, well not the ten, the seven to nine spots in the West because the Blazers could have wrapped up the number six seed and guaranteed that they didn't have to play in the play-in if they had won, but that really opens the door for everyone behind them. The Heat, a 106-94 victory over the 76ers. 
Um, but the story of this one, if you watch, Udonis Haslam, if you've never heard that name before, he's an 18-year vet. He's 40 years old. And to put it lightly, I mean, he's their culture guy. It, it seems silly, but Udonis Haslam has been there in Miami every year that he's been in the league, an 18-year vet. He's played in five combined games his last two seasons. Really hasn't had a contribution on the team since the 2014 season. He's their culture guy. I mean, he's going to be an assistant coach or a head coach in the NBA in the near future, probably as soon as he retires. He embodies Miami, some think more than even Dwayne Wade. Um, I don't know if I agree with that because Udonis Haslam obviously never had the impact that D. Wade had on the court. But Haslam, one of the most important Miami Heat players in the franchise history. Yesterday, he got into the game. I'm not sure why until you saw how it ended up going. He played two minutes and then got into it with Dwight Howard, scored two points, um, and then got ejected because he got into a fight with Dwight Howard, got in his face, and then just put his hand in Dwight's face. Uh, Udonis Haslam gets ejected, so that'll probably end his season. Um, his per 36 stats for UD, 48 points per game, 12 rebounds per game, and one fight per minute. So impressive stuff there, and after the game, he had a quote, uh, if this is the last one, I finished it the only way that Udonis Haslam could with an ejection. So hats off to him. And that kind of prompted me, um, the starting five for the team you do not want to fuck with in the NBA. And this is just off the dome. Um, I don't really, you know, if you, if you have any other ideas, feel free to reach out and tell me what you think. But in my guard positions, I have Marcus Smart and Russell Westbrook, just because those two guys are dogs. I mean, if you think of three players, when you think of, you know, the black Air Force One memes, it's those two guys, and then it's Patrick Beverly, but Patrick Beverly has been exposed a little bit the last couple of seasons just because of his actual play, and some people calling him soft and fake. Um, in the forward spots, it's Udonis Haslam and James Johnson. Johnson training in the UFC, no one wants to fuck with him, <laughs> and then Draymond, I'm going to put at the center spot because... Again, you got to be careful with those groin kicks, and you just don't want to fuck with him. Uh, honorable mention to Boban Marjanovic, just because he's over seven feet, and he was in a literal John Wick movie. Um, so, honorable shout-out to Bobby there. Uh, just some games to watch for this weekend. Uh, everything is going to matter, but Sunday's Grizzlies and Warriors, whoever wins that one, is going to get the eighth seed, and again, get an advantage in that play-in, because they will only have to win one time to get themselves into that eighth spot. Um, the Lakers, if everything goes well for them, who are sitting at seven right now, could hop all the way to five, um, but they have to win out, and Mavs and Portland have to go a combined 0 for 3. So don't think that's going to end up happening. On Saturday, we're going to have the Hall of Fame, uh, one of the best classes uh, that we've seen into the NBA, and obviously it's going to be a very emotional day. Uh, we'll go through the list real quick, though. Uh, Patrick Bauman, a longtime FIBA executive, um, who passed away, um, will be inducted. Uh, Tamika Catchings, who spent 15 years with the Fever in the WNBA, won an MVP, uh, was a WNBA champion in 2011 or 2012, I believe. Uh, national champion as well, and a four-time Olympic gold medalist. Uh, Kim Mulkey, who spent many seasons with the Baylor Bears, won three national championships, so of course went to LSU this past season, will be inducted. Barbara Stevens, a five-time D2 Coach of the Year, uh, with Bentley. She's been there since 1986. That's going to be really cool um, for, you know, D2 and D3 fans as well. Eddie Sutton was a four-time coach of the year. He coached consecutively from 1958 to 2008, which is just absurd to think about. Uh, and the NCAA unfortunately passed away last May. He'll be inducted as well. And then Rudy Tomjanovich, 
two-time NBA champion, won back-to-back with those Rockets teams that had Hakeem on them, 94 and 95. Um, a lot of people know him because he was the one that got punched by Kermit Washington. If you don't know who that is, uh, you've probably seen the video before. Just look it up. I believe he got punched so hard that he actually tasted his spinal fluid, which I don't know how that's possible, and I don't really know how you survive that. Uh, but anyway, he'll be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And we'll move to the big three uh, between Kobe, KG, and Tim Duncan. We'll start with KG, a nine-time all-defensive player. I uh, was with the T-Wolves for a while. A lot of people thought he was actually going to buy the team uh, last season, and we all know how that ended not very well. Um, uh, then went to the Celtics, won his ring there. Um, KG, one of the most intense players ever in the NBA. Um, maybe not celebrated as much as we should because KG, one of the best players and deservingly so, make it into the hall. Uh, next up, Tim Duncan, a five-time champion, three-time finals MVP, one of the best players in NBA history. I think a top five player. Uh, debate is always between who's better, Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant. That's not what we're here to discuss. But I say it's Tim Duncan. Um, but that doesn't matter. Uh, Tim Duncan, my favorite player of all time, a guy that it's really funny to look between Kobe, Timmy D, and KG. You know, the, the three of them are so different. Um, KG is loud and will yell at you in his intense. Kobe won't just yell at you, really. He's the same kind of intensity, but Tim Duncan, kind of that reserved guy. And there's so many great stories between KG and Timmy D um, about KG trying to talk shit to him and Tim Duncan just not responding at all. And he's like, I cannot get through to this guy and how much that used to upset um, KG and then obviously the last one Kobe Bryant who passed away last uh, year is going to be presented by Michael Jordan um, Vanessa is going to be there to uh, you know accept the award or accept the Hall of Fame uh, entry on his behalf and it's going to be really emotional um, there's really no other way to put it um, it's going to be a lot of tears shed and you know we wish he was there um, but obviously well deserved for one of the greatest players of all time for Kobe Bean Bryant We'll move on to the WNBA. We'll stay on the hardwood. Uh, their season's starting tonight, and this is a huge season for the WNBA, their 25th season. At this moment, they have more corporate sponsorships and media support than they've ever had. Um, the viewings and the ratings skyrocketed last season um, in their own bubble that they had in the uh, in Florida. Um, the average salary for them passing six figures for the first time uh, in league history. Um, you have... You know, annual compensation up to 500000 for them. They're just earning more money. They have more support from sponsorships than they've ever had. And that's the big thing. And I expect this to be a huge season for the WNBA because people showed a lot of support for the WNBA when they were in the bubble and a lot of support for the NCAA, the women's tournament this season, especially with all the messed up shit that the NCAA was doing and not really giving them the support that they deserved. And, you know, it was blatant. Um, so really excited to see this WNBA season. There are a couple of really big moves. Um, the top one, obviously, is the Sky signing Candace Parker, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame by the time she retires. Um, she's the kind of player, you sign her, you're immediately a title contender. So big move from the Sky. And then the Aces trading for Chelsea Gray, who's a three-time All-Star. Of course, they already have Asia Wilson, who's the 2020 MVP. Of course, the Aces losing um, in the WNBA Finals last season. And I really want to watch the Liberty this season. Sabrina Ionescu only played three games last season because of injuries. Um, they got the number one overall pick again, and they traded for the Defensive Player of the Year from two seasons ago, Natasha Howard. So hopefully, the Liberty turning things around um, this season. And the number one rookie I want to watch is uh, Ari McDonald, who went to the Dream with the number three overall pick. Uh, they fired their GM. They switched ownership. We know about everything that happened with Kelly Loeffler. Um, 
I'm really excited to see what Ari McDonald does. She's so exciting. She torched everyone at Arizona this season and got them all the way um, into the finals, obviously beating UConn um, in the final four. I really want to watch her. I hope that her game translates into the WNBA because she's so much fun to watch. And we'll go over to the MLB to round things off. Uh, the play of the night going to Joey Gallo. Uh, the game tied up at three in the 10th inning. Bases all loaded for the Astros with just one gone. There was a pop fly into right field. Um, Chaz McCormick tagged up, and it seemed like the ball was deep enough. They only needed a, a perfect throw from Joey Gallo out and right to get him out. And he threw an absolute dime to cook him out at the plate. And it came off his arm at a 97 miles an hour. Uh, that's what they clocked the throw at. It was just absurd from Joey Gallo. I encourage you to go watch that video. Uh, Zach Plezak for the Indians. It's been a struggle of a season for the Indians, obviously, after trading uh, Francisco Lindor. Um, he started the game. The first batter he faced was Jared Kelnick. Uh, of course, making his debut, if you caught the episode uh, last night, the number four overall prospect in the MLB. Swung on the first pitch he saw, actually, which is kind of crazy, and hit a, a pop foul into foul territory. It seemed like it was out of play, and Josh Naylor just absolutely going over the wall to make the play and getting Kelnick out on the first strike he ever saw. Uh, Kelnick went 0 for 4 in the game with a strikeout. Um, but going back to Zach Plezak, he had a no-no through seven innings and it was with emergency cleats because he had forgot to pack his road cleats and I believe it was the athletic trainer or someone from the training staff had to go to a Dick's Sporting Goods right around there to get him new cleats because he didn't have one. So that would have been really wild if he could have thrown a no-no. Of course, got broken up, like I said, in the seventh inning there. They ended up winning though. Four to two, and the top performer going to Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals, um, who's now seven and zero this season. That's the best in the MLB. His second scoreless outing this time, it was against Milwaukee. That'll do it for this episode of SFS Daily, May fourteenth, this Friday. I'll talk to you guys on Monday, and we'll know all the standings for the NBA. Should be really exciting. I'll talk to you guys then.